0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're doing a tour around Boston.
1: Millennial Money with Shauna
2: Compton-Game. It will expand your brain.
3: Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Travel Tuesday here on Millennium Money, and we are back.
0: Yes, we are back from our hiatus, and we're...
3: We're, we're excited rested to bring and, you lots
0: uh, of travel tips.
3: Yeah, we're, we're rested. We're like a little bit tan from our vacation that we'll mention in a, in a future uh, podcast as well too, right?
0: Just a little bit. A little bit tan. Just we're kind of little, in the Peely tana, stage tana, now. But...
3: I mean, you're always tanner than me anyway. So uh, so this week, so we're coming back and we're going to talk about now one of our favorite cities. I love the city a lot is Boston.
0: Yeah, I I hadn't been to Boston since I was a little kid. And last year, was last year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Last year I went uh, twice to Boston and had kind of a different experience. We were there in the winter and I was there in the summer, so one time we were freezing to death and the other time I was definitely getting a little schwitzy. So um it was a it was a cool kind of dichotomy to have yeah. between Boston.
3: And I, I've never been to Boston. There's many times I was supposed to go to Boston for and for whatever reason it kinda got it kinda got changed. My plans changed, so I never I've never been before. And I've really always wanted to check out the historic side of Boston. I still want to go to check out more of of New England, but we're going to do that on a separate trip. Uh, But I absolutely fell in love with the city. It's really great. I still uh, have a love-hate relationship, uh, more of a hate-hate relationship with their sports teams because they've just broken my heart too many times (laughs) and won too many championships in my lifetime. But uh, uh, the city is just great. There's just so much food to, to go to go check out, there's really great bars, um, you know, high end bars, just great beer bars. Uh, there's, a, of course, the the history. Um, like one of the things I checked out was the Freedom Trail, which you could actually go. It's an interactive thing where p- people dress up. That your tour guides actually dress up and take you on all the historic sites of Boston. Uh, I think that's a much more interesting thing than just going to a museum I and mean, this is like almost like a live museum um with with the heart of the city in the heart of the city
0: yeah like, and we live in los angeles and if you've not visited here before we don't really have, we don't um, have history. yeah we don't really have tours like that or anything that yeah. feels you can go I to think, missions
3: but that's about it
0: yeah but nothing that feels yeah. i think really like authentically <laughs> america or history um so for us, it's always fun when we get to go to the East Coast and experience that because it's just not something we deal with on a daily basis. But a lot of you live in cities where you you have that you know that's like right outside your front door. So you know it's probably um, like commonplace for you. But for people who don't live there, it's a really interesting thing to see.
2: Right,
3: and so and so for this episode, what well, we decided to give you, a, you know, our perspective of Boston and how much we love that. Um, uh, hanging out there and then also we spoke with three locals there three different locals and a couple of them also being gigantic uh, Boston sports fans um, but which I totally respect uh, you know you the Boston, gotta love
0: your city absolutely. I mean people absolutely. hate the they, Lakers they, they, and so, people absolutely. hate the Bulls and right whatever.
3: and the, and, and, the, and the chant uh I, uh beat LA started in Boston so one, yeah, one, well, one, one more reason why we don't but it's it, it, it make up for the grace but it's still a great sports town and one of the things that we checked out, too, um, which was totally fascinating to me, and I still need now need to catch a game there, um, is uh, we actually toured Fenway Park. Um, before it was open for the season in early March and we actually went to Naked Fenway before they actually installed the field too.
0: Yes, and I am not give me any other sport other than hockey and baseball. I'm not a baseball fan, but I mean I have well, that to that was interesting. It was a it really was, all, it was interesting and I kept asking, Oh, what's this? What's that? You kept talking about this Green monster <laughs> thing. I'm like, I don't see a green monster. Yeah, I just,
3: if, I. If you don't know, it's the big wall uh, out in left field. So, it did not so, make so, sense. Which to you me, could actually so. sit there. You could actually sit there. I would actually like to sit there. So, uh, but it is it is one of the oldest stadiums in in the in the you know next to I think Wrigley Field. I can't remember. They are an older. Or I, Wrigley, I don't know. Wrigley's older. Um, They're old. They're but, but all both old. of them are really totally interesting. And because they're in a neighborhood, you know, and so I think a lot of times when we go to stadiums, they're they're you know either outside or outskirts, even even in city cities you guys probably live in, you know the stadiums can be on the outskirts. Well, you know, Fenway Park's right in the heart of a neighborhood, and not only neighborhood, but it's a neighborhood that has kind of really had this resurgence. Um, and Fenway Park is obviously one of the most you know popular. You know, baseball stadiums in the world. In the, they do concerts there and uh, all kinds of stuff. But the neighborhood was not always the best. And now this neighborhood is totally thriving. And And later on in one of our interviews, you know, one of our guys that we talked to, um, he says, Jake, you could hang out in that neighborhood now just all day long, catch a game, go to mm-hmm. some bars, go yeah. to some, you know, great places to eat there and stuff. So, so I think that's exciting. So, but to start off, we we stayed in two different places when we went to, um, and one of the other revamped neighborhoods is the Seaport uh, area of Boston, right in the harbor, and we stayed at, at the Envoy Hotel, which is one of those cool uh, autograph collection hotels. I, I really like that hotel a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, it's one of those with the funky shower and baths and cool um, toiletries, Toiletries, no. yeah, and it, was, yeah and, toiletries. And, and, and it was
3: and it was a cool location right on the harbor. And you walk right. right out, and there's lots of really great restaurants. And and it's and and it was totally growing. Like there was construction everywhere.
0: Yeah, we had a view of the harbor and some cool restaurants <laughs> we could walk to. And you know, it's always like the first night you get to a hotel in a new city, and you're like, I have no idea where I am. Uh, but the, it's a good place to start, you know, exploring. And I I found most things. I mean, it was the dead of winter. It was very cold. Yeah. But, um, you know, we walked everywhere and, you it's a know. Really,
3: it's a really good walkable city, too. And they have some good uh, public transportation, and the too. And Uber was Uber cheap was totally, from the totally airport. Totally cheap, so yeah. that is
0: always, you know, in mm-hmm. L.A., we don't, we don't know those words. So yeah. that's always a welcome surprise when you can get from the airport to your hotel in, yeah. like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah,
3: exactly. And, and uh, so we stayed there a couple of nights. And then we also stayed at a rock and roll hotel, The Verb. Um, which is a really cool hotel, a little small. At least you'd be uh, a motor lodge. And again, it's in the revamped uh, Fenway area. And right down the street is like one of our favorite restaurants, Sweet Cheeks Barbecue, which you don't always equate barbecue in Boston. Um, But that place was amazing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, the hotel was just a, you know, it's a different feel than, um, you know, the, the first hotel that we stayed at. But that's kind of what we like to do. And I think that's a good tip, I think, for anybody who wants to maybe like incorporate some luxury but then also do something maybe funky or boutique is you know stay a night or two at maybe a higher priced place um in a different area of town so especially in a big city like boston that way you can experience the different areas of the city um and and you you kind of a different feel for you know that particular city different restaurants you know all of those sorts of things so i think that's really cool i mean
3: and they they have a really great restaurant really great bar and it's it's right it's literally steps from Fenway Park. So say if you went and saw a concert like like last summer and this summer they have big huge concerts there this year and the summer and you could just stay in this hotel or you or you can go to the house that's, do a weekend road trip and go see a, a a gig at the House of Blues, which is right around the corner there too and stuff. So
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, and both places had their own kind of unique charm yeah. and. Um, so again, it just kind of depends on, on, on what kind of vibe you're looking for. But I think it just shows the great diversity of hotels there in, in a city, like as most big cities, but it's nice to see, you know, there that there is, um, not just your fancy smancy hotels, which you might think of, um, but there's, you know, cool funky boutique places in, in these cool neighborhoods, especially if you're a sports fan. I mean, that's,
3: yeah. I mean, really, you just go catch a game and say your favorite team is playing the, the red sox that weekend and you, you know get, go to that hotel one of the other things that we did too uh lastly before we get, get into our interviews is that uh i mean boston is just a great food town always has been always i think boston has always sort of been in the shadows of new york maybe even chicago and maybe in la too but i really think they're changing and becoming more diverse like i said with the you know the same owner that owns the sweet cheek barbecue also has tiger mama you know which is a you know asian uh you know place and but we because we love burgers we went on a burger crazy tour on this one and we went to uh tasty burger which is right around the corner from our our hotel which
0: was tasty
3: (laughs) Well, it was and also i had like i think i got like a pbr for like two or three bucks you know it was like that was a cool vibe um, uh, and then Wahlburgers, of course, one by... of our new favorites, yes. Well, yeah, because I mean, the tots were really Mark great.
0: Wahlberg. If you're listening to this yes. podcast, we want to, <laughs> we want to do an interview of you at Wahlburgers,
3: yeah, or 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 Donnie or Donnie, yeah, or Donnie. okay, I mean, we're not gonna discriminate. Yes. So, yes. uh, and then of course, we had to finish with Shake Shack, right? Yes, I mean, which is one of our new favorite places,
0: yeah, um. You know, anytime we get a chance to do something like a cupcake tour or a burger tour, I mean, that is just right up my alley. And, again, it's such a unique way to, I think, experience different, you know, restaurants in a city. Yeah. And, you know, it's always fun when you can have a little competition with the restaurants as well.
3: Well, and lastly, too, they have such diverse neighborhoods in Boston that uh, in their north end uh, where the Italian yes. district um I and mean, we had amazing italian and cannolis no and less. cannolis uh, yes and the biggest
0: cannolis i think i've and ever had like in my 24 whole life hours, yes
3: uh, right or something like that so yeah i mean so so i mean really we were well fed in, in boston <laughs> and got to see a lot of really cool historic things
0: yeah absolutely absolutely it's a great great city for food great city for exploring and history and obviously you know being a sea town there's a lot of great uh, seafood and different options there. So I think, you know, it doesn't matter what your budget is, you're going to find amazing food.
3: Right, and one of the reasons we wanted to feature Boston is that uh, it's really a millennial city, and we kind of experienced that through some of the things that, that we, you know, talked to the people about. Um, but a, a study in 2015 actually had 35% of Bostonians are of the ages of 20 to 34, making Boston the highest concentration of, of millennials out of twenty five largest cities in in the country, so which is kind of it's shocking, growing. but it's yeah, too. yeah, no, that's and that's, I think what they said is a lot of a lot of because pe- they have so many colleges like Harvard. One of our people on the show tonight sh- uh, t- uh, today is actually going to Harvard and she has her own food blog, um, but a lot of those people end up staying in Boston. So you know, I mean, so I th- I think it's because they have fallen in love with the city.
0: Yeah, and I think you know it's just got so many great things to offer from sports to music to food to cultural to history that you know it's it's just a it's a great millennial city
3: so first up we spoke with lead singer of the band street dogs mike mcculgan and mike we talked with a couple months ago a about the street dogs being on the new Vans Warp Tour. So if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard Mike uh, on the show before. So he's going to talk about all the – he's from a lifelong Bostonian, and he's going to talk to us about all the great concerts, uh, venues, and clubs that are all around Boston, as well as how diverse Boston is that it might surprise you.
0: I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied. Or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web. And in the process, helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me, and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide DeleteMe with exactly what information you want deleted. And their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM.
2: So, Mike, if you're out in Boston and you're looking for a place to have a couple of cocktails and maybe go see a show, where are some of the best places to go catch uh, live music in Boston? Well, just over the border from Boston is Cambridge. The Middle
1: East is really great on Mass Ave. That's a great place to see shows. Um, they're going to open an, uh, there's a place in Cambridge too, another place in Harvard Square called Sinclair that's mm-hmm. on Church Street. That's a great, great place to see, to see bands. Um, and then you have, I mean, for bigger bands, you know, just like most big cities in the country, we have a house of blues on Land mm-hmm. Down Street. Yeah. That's a great that's a great place to see shows. The Paradise on Com Ave in Boston. Mm-hmm. You can see a lot of great shows in there. There's a lot of a lot of good shows that come through there. That's a that's a great Boston venue. That's that's one of the oh more one of the ones that didn't shut down, that stayed that saw its way through all the
2: you know, closings and things like that. They stood their ground and they made it through. Yeah, well, the one thing I love about where the House of Blues is near Fenway Park, that whole area is fun. Yeah, and that, the, all, there's all kinds of great restaurants there now, and, and that cool hotel, the Burb Hotel and stuff, I, I, it's a really great yeah. area now. Yeah, it is a very, very, very cool area. Um, well, what, one last question. What, what would people come into Boston and visit Boston, what would surprise them about Boston that they may not really know about Boston? It's way more friendly. People think it's
1: you know, a bunch of salty townies that are gonna tell you to like go fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> um
1: really, I mean that I mean from I think it's from the movies. Yeah. Um, like movies like The Town and you know, um but movies like the Departed and I think people think Boston is is really, you know, like the way it's portrayed sometimes in motion pictures or it's not. It's like really friendly. It's very, very diverse. It, you know, it's definitely reflective of the whole melting pot, um, you know, theory and in, and in, and 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 system that was set up for the formation of this country. It's 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 beautiful. It's very it's very progressive. It's not, you know, that salty. You know. Right. Um, Right. So I think that that has to be probably one of the biggest misconceptions about yeah. it, you know, is that it's a yeah. bunch of mugs and you know <laughs> they're just they're salty and mean and you know yeah.
2: you don't want to cross them. It's not very friendly. It's very friendly. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think people are really willing to like, hey, where are you going to go or what are you going to see or where are you going to eat? They're they're really like, yeah. hey, they have a There's ton a lot, of suggestions. People are very yeah. Helpful and, yeah,
1: and 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 it's very very cool. The best time. To, to come is when spring unfolds,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. right before summer. Right. You know, um, and you know, um, coming into that area to, to show with House of Blues, or going to Fenway, taking a tour of Fenway is great. Yeah, the tour is great. And then I'll, I'll set you up with that. Yeah, that's that's just great. I mean, when <laughs> I remember when I did it, I was just I was completely in awe. You get to go behind the Green Monster the whole bit. It's really cool. Next up on our tour around Boston, we chatted with
3: Boston Bites blogger and Harvard student Alana Steinberg. Alana gives us lots of great foodie tips around the ever-growing Boston food scene. Uh, So you have a real interesting story. You're born in Boston, raised in Florida, and now you're back in Boston. You started this blog, Boston Bites. Tell us about how that happened.
4: I knew when I got to Harvard that no one really gets into Boston uh, most people just stay on campus, don't really get out of the square too often. If my friends go into Boston three times in a semester, that's usually a lot for them. And because I have family in Boston and I have been to Boston, I spent a summer here during high school, I know how much this city has to offer. And I kind of wanted to be able to break out of that rut that all of the Harvard students typically get into. And I also because I spent a summer here at Harvard, actually, I knew that the dining hall food wasn't really the, the best, right? And so I think Harvard's known for a lot of things and its food service certainly isn't one of them. Um, so I started Boston Bites partially as a way to to break out of the mold for myself, but also um, as a way of just I wanted, one, I think once it started um, and once it kind of started to grow, it became less of like getting out for myself and more of showing people how much the city has to offer, what kinds of experiences you can have through food, who you can meet, where you can go, and the power of just weaving your norm and weaving where you always stay and always live and finding something new, novel, and tasty.
3: Right, were were you planning on starting a blog at all, or or are are you because you're actually a art history and psychology major?
4: Uh, I, yeah, I major in art history and I, my minor is currently in psychology, and I had the idea to start the blog with a. Um, it was actually my idea to start the blog. And I asked my friend, who is a childhood friend who goes to Boston University, if she wanted to do it with me. Uh, and I kind of like made the framework and the logo and the unofficial business plan for it. And this friend, Alexis, uh, she loves eating also, but didn't really love kind of the amount of work that managing a blog is. So I ended up taking it over after a few months. But I had this idea before school started. However, I never expected it to take off. I thought it was just going to be like the original purpose of the blog to get myself out of Harvard Square. And I think I said to Alexis when we started it, it would be really funny if, uh, it would be really fun if I got a couple of free meals out of this. And I think I kind of realized that I had the potential to make it a bigger part of my life and more legitimate than I originally intended. About nine or ten months after I started it,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So, how um, how do you see Boston Bites kind of evolving in the next couple of years?
4: That's a terrific question. Um, one that I get pretty often, and. It's a frustrating answer for most people, but I actually have absolutely no idea. I have another year in Boston. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have another year in Boston, um, at least one more year. I'm not really sure 100% what I'll be doing after graduation. But like I said before, in nine months, the blog completely changed into something I didn't expect. And then in the past two and a half years, it's done the same thing. Again, like every six months, I have no idea where the blog will be. Uh, So I... I hope to continue to do what I'm doing now, and that it will grow, and I'm excited to see where it takes me. I don't have any concrete plans for it. I'm not really sure what I will do after I graduate, if I stay in Boston or if I don't stay in Boston. Um, so I know that's kind of an inconclusive answer for you, but that's I have.
0: No, that's, that's really cool. Um, I started a, a business when I was in college uh, myself. <laughs> And, you know, had no idea where it was going to go or where it was going to lead me. So I think it it just makes it, you know, more fun for your college experience. And, you know, who knows what could happen?
4: Exactly, exactly. And it's been a really great experiment for myself in entrepreneurship, branding, business planning, which is something I never expected to do.
0: Yeah. and, And those are all like killer skills to figure out. And I think it's best that you you figure it out kind of just by doing.
4: Absolutely. I think you can learn the concepts in a classroom, but you don't really learn until you're boots on the ground doing something. Um, And of course, Harvard doesn't have anything with uh, marketing or media or even business because it's a liberal arts school. So I wouldn't have the opportunity to learn that in the classroom either.
3: Well, I think you also you came to Boston at a, at a good time. It seems like they're kind of changing a lot of the, the neighborhoods. And like even when we were there last year, like the Seaport District has really developed out and stuff. Um, but Boston's always been a really great food city, but it, it seems like it's even getting better right now. So what kind of neighborhoods are people eating at or that you're going to suggest people eat at and and what are they eating?
4: Sure. So to kind of touch upon what you've just said, yes, Boston is in a really awesome place in the food scene and that we have so many incredible chefs and restaurants here, but it's not the foodie scene that cities like New York or San Francisco are where everything is about the food trends. Here it's really about the food, the chefs, the produce that creates the food. And I really appreciate how authentic and um how authentic the food mm-hmm. is here and how the scene isn't sceney. Um, and so, yes, there are many awesome neighborhoods that are building up, especially having new restaurants. You mentioned Seaport. They are completely redoing Seaport. I'm not quite sure who that is. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, so they're completely redoing Seaport and a lot of really fun young restaurants are opening there. Uh, for instance, Yo Sushi, which is a cha- it's a chain restaurant. It's actually from <clears throat> London. It's a conveyor belt sushi restaurant. <laughs>
3: right.
4: Yeah, it's so fun and fantastic quality. Like, you usually don't think that something which would appear to be slightly gimmicky would be good, good quality. But the food is truly excellent, especially there is a kaya food and not just their sushi. And they also have a Bai which is a New York restaurant, a vegan restaurant that opened right nearby Yo Sushi. And so, because there's so much being built out there and there's so many even higher quality restaurants, there's an Ocean Prime there, um, a Rosa Mexicano, Tamo is there as well. There's a lot of big chains, but really high quality chains out in Seaport. And I'm excited to see if there are any uh, kind of newer. Not chain, very, again, authentic, chef-driven restaurants opening out there.
3: Right. What other what, um, what yes. yeah, what are, what are neighborhoods do you like as well?
4: Sure. Cambridge actually has fantastic food. I think Cambridge is the best part of Boston for food. Hmm. You have Inman Square, which has terrific restaurants like Kirkland Tap and Trotter, Puritan and Co., Muna. And so they are those kinds of chef-driven restaurants that I've been I keep coming back to. They are incredibly delicious, high quality, locally sourced, and really unique restaurants. And they aren't they're relatively affordable. There's also a restaurant not in Inman Square called Coochie Coochie, which is a global tapas inspired, don't call it Tapas, <laughs> 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 that is Prohibition themed. Okay. I believe. So you go in and every waiter is dressed up as a flapper and there are seventy-five different cocktails and the food is from all over the world and it's sharing plate style. So it's just a really unique restaurant that I have never found anything else like. And it's a great place to go with friends for a big group or on a date. Or I even brought my mom there because I thought it was so fun there are also fantastic restaurants in Cambridge and central square little donkey just opened in Harvard square. We have fantastic, fantastic places. Alden and Harlow is one of my favorite restaurants in Boston. Mm -hmm. And, uh, even the Kendall square area, uh, really everywhere in Cambridge, they are opening new restaurants every week, every month, and they are fantastic restaurants. Um, on top of that, I really, really love Southie. They are similar to Cambridge, putting in a lot of newer, fantastic restaurants. Places like uh, Capo and Lincoln Tavern are some of my favorite places Mm. in Boston.
3: Right. Yeah, it just sort of seems like throughout the city, like each neighborhood is kind of being developed. Like we we even went to the last time we were there, we, we stayed at the Verb Hotel near Fenway Park. And mm-hmm. and just down that area, I mean, Tasty Burger and Sweet Cheeks Barbecue and even even Burgers was really good in that whole area, too.
4: Yeah, and you also have Tiger Mama. Yeah, we, is, we didn't we didn't make it there,
3: but I've heard that's really good, yeah.
4: Uh, I actually, so one of my good friend's mother is the person who wrote the book, Battle okay. Him of the Tiger Mother. And so when it opened, I went there with her, and it right. was really awesome. I got to meet Chef Tiffany. Okay. Uh, It's fantastic. I really enjoy Tiger Mama. If you have a chance to go there, it's really great. Uh, Yeah, there's really, really fantastic restaurants anywhere you go in Boston. And I think that's true of a lot of cities, but what's different about Boston is that it's growing so rapidly and that it's developing its own identity that, like I said, is not this foodie, trend-driven food scene, but rather really good quality chef driven, authentic dining experiences. And I think that's what really sets Boston apart from other cities that are known for their food.
3: Right. And kind of stepping out of the shadows of New York and any other cities as well, too.
4: Exactly. Awesome. And do a lot of your friends,
0: um, you know, are they kind of into this, this quote unquote foodie scene as well? Um, are they helping to kind of drive, you know, the evolution in Boston?
4: so the college students let me start that over um so like I said most of my friends don't get into Boston too often and I think that Boston Bites actually really enables them to find places to go to I get texts probably every day from friends acquaintances friends of friends asking me for restaurant recommendations and that's really exciting for me because that means I'm doing what I set out to do and that's inspire people to explore the city.
2: Right.
4: And I think what's really driving that growth in that food industry right now are 20 somethings and 30 somethings and that's you can see that in apps that are being developed in Boston for instance Voco Life which is an app that rewards your dining and lifestyle uh, experiences. So when you dine at a restaurant, you either get uh, money back or a credit to Uber, Amazon, or Starbucks. And that's for people who are in their 20s and 30s only. And so I think that they're an example of a company in Boston that's really capitalizing on the people who are driving the industry.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea.
4: It's really great. <clears throat>
3: well, see See what you started, though, so with your with your blog. Now you have all your friends asking, well, where do I go? Where do I go?
4: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I feel like... <laughs> like a concierge. Every time, yes, I somewhat feel like a concierge, but at the same time, I get to really think about the city all the time and remember my fantastic dining experiences every time somebody asks me about them. So I really love when people text me or send me emails through my website or through the Instagram page.
3: Lastly, we spoke with lifelong Boston native and frontman man for local band Handsome Ghost, Tim Noyes, who we featured on a podcast a couple of months ago. Tim tells us about how to spend a perfect summer day at one of the oldest ballparks in the country, Fenway Park, as well as a great way to escape the city and get your
2: nature on at Walden's Pond. Okay, so um if if anyone has one day in Boston or even the you know, the whole area, what are like two or three things that people should not miss if you're in the Boston area? Uh
5: well if the if the Red Sox are playing, I think whether you like baseball or not, spending a day at Fenway Park uh is a wonderful experience. Um especially if it's a nice day. Great. Um but beyond that, uh, this is this would kind of require a bit of a day trip as it's, it's like kind of Greater Boston. But I'm l- a big fan of Walden Pond uh, in Concord, Massachusetts, which is where like Henry David Thoreau, um, mm-hmm. Emerson. Um, it's it, like it's it's beautiful, especially if you can kind of like find a quiet spot, which is not difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. And uh it's just you know, it's it's uh rooted in history I feel like it's like the like Massachusetts staple of Massachusetts in my opinion. Right, so right. to
2: Right. And and those and that's uh, it's really anywhere you kinda of get outside of the city too, uh there's a lot of beautiful places to kind of go check out, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, New England I mean every
5: part of the country has its charm, but I think sure. New England you know, the cities are nice, Boston's a great city, but, but yeah, the, the kind of like more rural areas are, can, can get really pretty, especially if you come at the right time of the year, if you're that kind of, if you're that kind of guy, like, right. times, like it depends on, it depends on what you like, but I, I would, uh, I'd probably take a trip to Walden before mm-hmm. I would, you know, go to Faneuil Hall, not sure. there's really anything wrong with that, but, um, it just depends on, on, on your preference.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I was impressed too how how the neighborhood of Fenway Park has kind of changed too. There's so many really great restaurants and bars and stuff in that area now. I mean,
5: you could spend the whole day just in that that like one street if you wanted to. There's like right. What if, and there's so many restaurants, bars, whatever, and then you kind of like take it over to the park, and then you can take it right on back. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun that's a fun day, and and. You know, if you don't like, if you hate sports, it's still kind of worth just like, you know, sitting sitting around, whatever, having right. a beer if that's your thing. Um, right. It's a nice day.
2: So wh- why is why is Boston such a great sports town?
5: I think the I think the haters would argue that we don't have anything other than sports, so yeah. that's why the teams are so important to us. Yeah. But I I don't you just like it's very rare that you grow up in a in a family that, that doesn't kind of push sports on you. Um, like, I don't know, it's just kind of a given that, like, once you get to a certain age, like, you follow the sports teams. Um, mm-hmm. And for a while, Boston was kind of pushing, like, was kind of the underdog. Um, mm-hmm. You know, would always get close and then always lose. Um, yeah. And in the last, like, 10, 15 years, that's completely
2: changed, and now it's like, I feel like Boston is like the
5: sports town in the country. Yeah, um, well I
2: mean but even I, you even you growing up, like I mean yes the, the Celtics did good and maybe the Bruins did good, but the Patriots and the Red Sox were not at all. No, they were awful. I
5: mean yeah, yeah the two thousand and one two thousand one was the first the first win.
4: Yeah. Um
5: but I completely understand why people get frustrated with Boston sports fans. <laughs> I, know, I I get it. Um we're not gonna apologize for it. <laughs> uh, like we are who we are, uh, but you soul, Tom Brady, lives and place forever.